Atlanta's number one radio stations. Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6. Radio stations has you covered. From our studios to our newsroom at KLP Entertainment. Listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube and more. Jack is crafted at the oldest registered distillery in the United States, where it's charcoal mellowed drop by drop for a smooth finish, which isn't the easy way, but it is Jack's way. So many hotels. <gasps> Trouble booking the family vacay? Come on. Comfort us free hot breakfast for the whole fam. They have waffles. And splendid pools. Book direct at choicehotels.com. The latest show goes after hours. The Beyond Swanky Podcast with Kennedy Lucas brings out more for our Lucas Nation fans. Tune in for reviews, topics, and even special guests. We go beyond the swankiness as it's juicy as hell with our DJ, DJ Lupezzi, playing nothing but the hits on the Spotify podcast version. Live from our studio of Swanky Studios, it's the Beyond Swanky Podcast with Kennedy Lucas on Atlanta's number one stations Swanky 93.3 and the Heat 94.6 radio station listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify iHeartRadio Audacity Apple Podcast Stitcher Podcast Google Podcast YouTube and more In like a 48-72 hour period, Greg Popovich signs a gigantic contract with the Spurs and they suddenly pull Wemby out of the summer league. Why? Because by signing Popovich to a long deal, highly lucrative, making sure everybody knows about it, they are telling Nike, agents, the NBA, casuals, diehards, media, we do not care what you think about Wemby. It's going to be a slow, methodical build. Minute restrictions, game restrictions. We don't care about the rookie of the year. We do not care. He will be methodically developed. We are the franchise that created load management. And wait until you get a load of this. They built a $500 million campus. It's called the Human Performance Campus. Wemby and his dad have been there. They built this to get the most out of athletes. Keep them strong, keep them developed, keep them around for as long as they can. Now, Greg Popovich can be really stubborn. I don't think he embraces some of the young players. It's a new world, they're more empowered. He doesn't like the three-point shot. But I agree with him. And I've said from the beginning, when you get 18, 19 year olds, and they're 7'2", seven, 7'3", seven, it's Wemby, it's Jet Hungry. You cannot play them 82 games. They're playing in, you know, a French league where you play one game a week. Your travel is new, extensive. Now it's national travel. It's 82 games. There's preseason. They're going to pull them off the floor a lot. And it's going to anger the NBA a lot. And they don't care. Saw that picture about two weeks ago, Duncan and David Robinson and Manu Joe Nobly and Sean Elliott, Spurs legends. 
That was also a signal to the NBA. We're doing it our way. We're surrounding him with our culture and our guides. Those are all very coachable players. That Kawhi Leonard situation, they just changed the way they thought. They had an old school approach. David Robinson and Duncan and Manu were old school, coachable, coach them hard. They understood the culture. Kawhi to them was difficult, wouldn't talk to the medical staff. It was always fuzzy and nebulous and they didn't like it. And their takeaway is we dipped, but we got our next guy and he is very old school. His dad is old school and we're gonna protect him. And they've got this $500 million campus and they don't care years ago, 2012, at one point, Pop sat Tim Duncan. And on the DNP, when asked for the reason, they officially put down old. Just to poke the ribs of the NBA, they used to set players for big Sunday afternoon NBA games. It drove David Stern, the late David Stern, crazy. But they don't care. They don't care what Nike thinks. They don't care what the agents think. And they're protecting Pop. They're giving him a big contract because he's had several losing seasons in a row. It's just like Bill Belichick. You start having, regardless of how big a legend you are, you start having bad season after bad season after bad season. You get older. Some people like me and others and the media can start yelling out of touch, doesn't embrace the tree, can't get along with players. Owners hear all this stuff. So this is, and I totally agree with what the Spurs are doing here protect him, play him 55 games, try to play him as many at home as you can to reward your local fans, keep him off some road trips, put weight on him. I do not believe Wemby should be playing 70 games. I don't think, I don't know if he should be playing 65 games, but it is not a coincidence that Popovich signs a massive contract. They make sure the world knows they pull him out of the summer league. They're going to control this thing. They're not going to let agents control it or shoe companies control it or the league to control it, nor should they. The Spurs are really good at this. They've done it before, over and over and again, and they're the best team in the league, arguably, with international players. The dad, Wemby, are all in. They'll be developed and protected. Baseball's about individual stats. Mike Trout has him. He's a legend. Otani, wherever he plays, will have it. We're not going to hold him accountable for his team because we understand how baseball works. You need great pitching. You need a great infield. You need a bullpen. You need some power, but not too much power. You need speed to take the extra base. We know baseball is heavily layered, and one great player can't win. We know that if Jeter was a Pittsburgh Pirate, he wouldn't have any rings. He was a Yankee, very crucial, but that's a big component to his five rings. The closer, the great player, the right manager, hitting in front of him, hitting behind him. You know, you Scott Brocious, Paul O'Neill, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, part of a collective. We don't think any one player, basketball, it's like Michael six for six, Russell 11 rings, Magic nine finals. It's different. Baseball's about the individual. So what's the pressure on Otani? Now, I, it would drive me crazy to get on a plane year after year after year knowing i'm going to lose a series it would just get really old but baseball is different and we do not hold baseball stars to the same pressurized title or bust title or bad reputation also in california you're closer to the pacific rim the weather in the summer is dreadful in many places it's perfect in orange county it's not a pressurized market so there is no manning and brady debate in baseball or mj or lebron and Mike Trout's like, I'll sign up. Yeah, maybe I can get more in the market, but nobody's gonna bother me. I don't want 15 guys around the batting cage, the Yankees and the Mets. 
I don't want the pressure of other places. Even Los Angeles, the Dodgers, all they do is win. There is pressure on Dave Roberts. There is pressure on Clayton Kershaw. Mookie Betts has to deliver. They got rid of Cody Bellinger. They're getting ready to get Otani. It's about winning. A lot of pressure. There's not. They're not in Anaheim. It's not the way it works. So I think now, the Nats let Bryce Harper go and didn't get anything. I thought it was a mistake. Juan Soto, they learned from that and said, okay, we're going to go get six guys. That's protecting a franchise. I think you would be laughed out of the NFL or NBA as general manager if you had the best player in the world he walked and he didn't get anything. It's just outrageous to me. Can you imagine if Otani leaves and they get nothing? So you didn't win with him and you didn't get anything for it. You'd never get a job again in the inner sport. The baseball is quirky. There is no clock. There is their own pace. It took them forever to figure out basic speed of the game. It's just a different sport. It makes a fortune. It's about individual stats. We don't hold it against you. If, the, if you don't win, Ted Williams doesn't win. Tony Gwynn doesn't win. We don't hold it against you. Right? We don't consider Derek Jeter, who's amazing. He's not considered the best shortstop of all time. Even though he has five rings, he's certainly top ten. But defensively, we look at Ozzy, and offensively, there was Ripken had all that power, and it's just the way the sport works. So I can't imagine as a general manager not winning with him and getting nothing for him. Yet, yeah, I gotta get one of those. If I won three or four World Series, or let's just say I got to the World Series, and I was really, really good with Otani, and I fought like hell at the very end, and I lost him out. I got something for it. I rewarded my fans, my owner, the organization. We were sold out. But to never be 500 and get nothing for him, I'd be devastating. So to me, I'd move him. I would move him. Um, and also, you know, Mike Trout is a very, very quiet kid. You know, Otani is a global star. And, you know, you're seeing Otani start talking about, yeah, I don't like the losing part at all different backgrounds uh otani's has much more buzz around him there's much more juice to his game let's be honest he's more important he pitches hits with power he can run uh i i just think i think major league baseball would be better served if he moves uh and is in the postseason i say this all the time damian lillard owes himself may and june on tv otani owes himself <laughs> He owes himself to be on baseball TV in October. He's that great. He's an absolute legend. He's a little Mickey Mantle. Uh, he's a little uh, Mookie Betts. He's a little Aaron Judge. He's a little of everything. But Ichiro was happy in Seattle. Mike Trout happy in Anaheim. I get it. I've seen it my entire life as a sports fan. Some guys just want to stay put. They don't want New York. They're not interested in New York. They want to make their money. They want to be around their family. They want good weather. They don't want the scrutiny. I mean, you see what happens to the Mets. You bring all these guys in, it's pressurized. They can't hit. What happens when you get tight as a baseball player? You can't hit. You can still pitch. You can be nervous on the mound and still throw 98 and have a cutter. But generally in golf, you get the yips if you're nervous. In baseball, you can't hit when A-Rod was in his head. So a lot of these guys, they just want their own space. They want to live in their own world. I would move it. HBO for years has had hard knocks. Netflix now has a new series, docu-series quarterbacks. So as Netflix announces theirs, hard knocks wants to, HBO wants to up them. And you know what they're looking for in this series at hard knocks. They 
doesn't want to be more interesting than Netflix. They're looking for juice and gossip and rumors and inflammation. So the A, B, C, Ds of this move. A, Jets are the most interesting team now because of Rodgers. B, Aaron sort of likes to control narratives, won't be able to here. He can be prickly. C, the Jets did not want this. Teams that are on it don't have a great track record of winning. The last 14 teams on Hard Knocks have one playoff win. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Yeah. It is, though, just another drip, drip, drip that would concern me. First of all, it's a very young offensive team. Aging, prickly quarterback who doesn't want to get hit, and the weakness of the team is the offensive line. A defensive coach with a losing record on the hot seat, an impulsive owner, the division's never been better, the conference, the AFC's never been better, the Jets have the longest NFL playoff drought, so there's no real recent momentum or history on their side, and the New York media is probably a tad overrated, but they can certainly amplify turbulence. It's great for the NFL, it's great for us, it's great for this show. Eh, I don't think it's great for the New York Jets, not the end of the world. But I will say this. The downside to being a quarterback with an opinion on vaccines and opinions on media and wanting his own voice, being viewed as polarizing and building his brand. That's why the Jets got it. That's exactly why the Jets got it. Mr. Bon Vivant, darkness retreat, pushing back on the Packers. Robert Sala didn't want it. You get Aaron Rodgers, this is what you get. That's the downside to being Mr. Personality, Mr. Vaccine. I didn't matter if he, I don't disagree with everything Aaron Rodgers has said about politics or vaccines. But when you become Mr. Polarizing, you're noisy in the off season. You wanna tell us where you go in the off season? condescendingly snarkily sort of take jabs at lots of people this is what hbo wants and now with netflix in the game can't wait to watch that netflix series you know they're looking for juice and heaters and gossip <laughs> you know they are quinn and williams possible holdout star running back off an injury what if it's not right Owner's gonna want his face in the series. He'll probably be around the facility and downstairs more than usual. Sala's gonna try to hide, but he can't because he's a good-looking guy. They'll want him on there, too. Couple of good-looking guys, let's get them on. Let's get some hot sauce on this thing. Here comes Netflix. We're HBO, fighting for our lives in the streaming world. <laughs> One playoff win last 14 teams. I'm almost certain it's a coincidence so kenny smith uh doing summer league stuff and he was talking about um wemby you know a guy's gonna be good when he's got a nickname hasn't even played a game in any sport here's my prediction in four years in fact we're seeing it now our domestic players from our systems g league college wherever will be the most popular and sell the most shoes European players will dominate our league and win the titles. This last draft is a prime example. Wemby is mature and layered and will make an immediate impact on the defensive end and probably will be very good offensively too. Scoot Henderson will be more dynamic, more talked about many nights, but he can't shoot. Because the European basketball system, I know it hurts, is better than ours. 
They value development. We value popularity and rushing you to the NBA. In, in Europe, their system is we. In America, our system is me. We're looking for likes. Our guys will get richer. Nike will love them. Their guys will win. Europe's best players. Best young players are now the world's best young players. Their guys will have titles. Our guys will have clout. And that's the way it's going to work. If you ask me today, pick four players under 30 you'd build your franchise around. Four for four Europeans. Luka, Giannis, Jokic, and Wemby. Four, four, four. Those would be the guys under 30 I'd build around. I'm not saying I don't like Jason Tatum. I'm not saying Trey Young doesn't have talent. I'm not saying that. Those would be the four guys under 30 I would build around today. The European system asks their young players to play against men at an earlier age. Beats them up, toughens them up, layers them up. So they come in more mature, hardened, and ready to roll. It used to be that when Europeans came to the States, they were often soft or developmental players. Now Luca walks in game one, 21, eight and six. By year two, he may be the best pure scorer in the league. Wemby will walk in year one and be a disruptor day one defensively, year two, he'll add 27 a game. That's the reality of it. 15 years ago, we got their guys who were developmental. Now they come in and score and defend immediately. No more of that stuff. I used to think they were too soft in Europe. Now I think our players are too distracted. That's what IG does. That's what it does. Our players now increasingly, Zion, John Morant, great players distracted. Their players, more mature, more skilled, have played against older players, not about popular. It's about getting good, skilled, and titles. So I think Kenny Smith is right on. I'm not sure if it'll take four years. It'll probably take at least three. But again, if I had to build around four guys in the NBA today, under 30, I don't think I'm wrong. You can argue for Tatum. I would take Wemby, Jokic, Luka, and Giannis. And I think even J-Mac agrees with that. Kenny Smith, MVP in four years. Jokic should have just won his third straight. Instead, it was MB, another player, foreign born. I'm all for it. I think it's great. I love the skilled players. They come in, they're ready to play, they're ready to work hard, the head is down, they don't really care about shoe deals. I mean, all those kids probably care a little bit, but they don't feel distracted. I think our players are dynamic and fun. I love watching them play. I can't wait to watch Scoot. But if you're asking me today who's going to win the next six titles, I'll take a Luka team, a Wemby team, a Giannis team, a Jokic team to win a majority, if not all of them. The Luka thing they got to figure out. But he is a remarkable all-time offensive talent. So they had the ESPYs last night. For the 13th straight year, I didn't watch any of it. Uh, but I was told Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, won something called Best Male College Athlete. And I was reading a story this morning about Daniel Jeremiah. He's a scout, former multiple team scout, smart guy. And he was talking about how he doesn't remind him of Patrick Mahomes. He reminds him of Josh Allen. Now, I think he plays a much more composed game. He reminds me much more of Mahomes, so I disagree with the scout. 
Uh, I thought Josh Allen was wild, out of control in college early in the NFL. Caleb Williams is never out of control. Uh, Mahomes, by the way, people view him as wild. He's never out of control. Uh, Josh Allen sometimes is. Bad decisions, red zone. Uh, for a variety of reasons, I don't see the comp with Josh Allen nearly as much, and some of it's just emotional. I do see the Mahomes comp. But it is interesting because only three times since I've been doing this, I was not doing sports talk radio or television in the John Elway era. 2012 with Andrew Luck, 2021 with Trevor Lawrence, and 2024 with Caleb Williams. The only three times, not Peyton Manning, the only three times I believe that a college quarterback going into his last year is better than 75% of the NFL. Three guys. And they weren't perfect. Andrew Luck, I can remember talking to scouts who said he doesn't avoid contact. He's going to get hurt. He bangs into people. He holds the ball too long. He thinks he can make a play. Wasn't perfect. Trevor Lawrence, people thought the ball dipped. His delivery, he could sail the ball from time to time. And Caleb Williams, you wish he was an inch and a half taller. Sometimes he kind of runs backwards making a play, but he'll get coached out of that. He does it less and less feels like at the end of the year he didn't do it nearly as much as he did at the beginning of the year probably won't be an issue they're not perfect um and it's very very rare but they have something that i think is important in that they have this incredible confidence but it's never narcissism it's never conceited and it's never arrogance that was the problem with johnny manzel that was the problem with cam that was the problem with baker that they were confident but it became conceit or arrogance, maybe both. It was obnoxious at times. And that's really important as a pro quarterback because you're the coach on the field, we all know that. But leadership is one of those things that's hard to define. And you know it when you talk to it. And all three, Luck and Trevor Lawrence and Caleb Williams, I was lucky enough to talk to them early in their careers. The last time I saw Caleb Williams, he walked up to me and said, I'm not nearly as good as you say I am. Ever get that with Baker? Johnny Manziel? No. Um, all three, Luck, Trevor, Caleb, willing to take risks. That's a big thing. They're not deterred by interceptions. They don't, not that they don't care, but they never lose confidence on an interception. But I wouldn't classify any of them as reckless. Andrew Luck wasn't reckless. He was running for his life behind a terrible O-line with no receivers. 12 years three quarterbacks that fall into this. Now, I love Sam Darnold, but he wasn't a generational talent. I knew a lot of GMs that liked him, but he wasn't generational. He had a flawed deliver. He was a linebacker at one point in high school. He wasn't a natural, fluid quarterback. He was just a great kid, a gamer, physical, could move around. I missed. I thought he was going to hit. I missed. Became very apparent. Year two, year three, just a flawed delivery. Joe Burrow was not. Joe Burrow junior year looked like a college quarterback. Joe Burrow had a great last year, had to transfer. There's a lot of guys out there. Justin Herbert, a lot of critics. Uh, people thought he was too mechanical. Didn't It wasn't until the Rose Bowl that the Chargers finally decided he's the guy. They still like Tua a lot, but it's very, very rare that you get somebody that going into their last year of college is better than 75% of the NFL. That's generational, that's different. Great kid. He's got the confidence without the narcissism. And I would say with luck, Trevor Lawrence, and I've met Caleb Williams' dad, I would say in all three, the key to it, parents. To be really confident without the conceit, generally really good parents. All this stuff starts at home.
Outside of Nick Wright, I'm about as pro-LeBron as anybody could be. And outside of the decision, I don't think LeBron's had a lot of cringy moments. And by the way, politicians, star athletes, musicians, there's a lot of hubris. Uh, there's a lot of entitlement. Uh, we see it with our politicians. So there, there's going to be some cringy moments. Uh, you're selling you all the time. Add on the social media stuff. I get it. It's not the end of the world. Uh, I, I, I did think, though, the decision, it didn't bother me, but it bothered a lot of people. So I, my sensibility could be wrong. Kind of over the top. Lucky for us. Standing ovation, playing to the crowd, I get it. But, you know, like, I understand to star-driven league, like, I get it. But how about we make something cool in 2024 and beyond? An occasional moment of humility by a pro athlete. Oh, that would be great. By the way, I think that's why I like Jokic and Giannis. I think it's why I like them. Like, they're about the team and the community. It's okay. I know they won't get the ratings or sell the shoes of others, but it's kind of nice, right? It's, it's why I like college sports still. They're kids, the coach can actually coach, everybody's not fearing their job, and they're really grateful to be part of something local, a community, it's special. Um, Tom Brady, I thought, did it right. Remember, his guy, at the end, it got weird. It, his wife wanted him to retire. He didn't want to retire. There was the Miami Dolphin thing. It got real wanky at the end. Kobe had one great performance at the end. Uh, Jeter last at bat at Yankee Stadium. Wasn't it a walk-off single? Some elegance to it. Classic Jeter. Seinfeld, one last big episode that he moved on to other stuff. I like LeBron. I'm pro-LeBron. Uh, how lucky are we? <sighs> Lil Cringy. He shouldn't retire, by the way. He's still great in moments and spurts, and occasionally great for overall games. He wants to play with his son, that's pretty cool. But uh, how lucky are we? There's a lot of good players in this league. One of them just swept you. <laughs> the Lakers... The Lakers could be lucky, speaking of that, to beat the Nuggets in a series the next two to three years, because it's highly unlikely.